now we end the show as we do well, on Mondays that we are here with retired meteorologist Hugh Johnson. Uh, do we have Hugh? Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm right here. Hugh, it's been a month. How have you been? I've been good. It's amazing how time flies when you're retired. Well, and even when you're working full time as I am, it's amazing that we've gone a month and we've uh, heard crickets from each other. So let's talk about Hurricane Ian. Before we get to the cost, take us through the timeline. Well, Hurricane Ian was, as you know, wasn't a super active uh, hurricane season, but we'll have legacy with Ian. Ian formed on September 23rd, I believe, and it was a Cape Verde storm. It was a little weak, a little anemic when it started, but it, it was going into very ideal situation with uh, warm water and, and, and just the perfect shear. And uh, as we all know, it became a monster storm. It hit, first hit Cuba as a Category 1, high-end 1 storm and caused a lot of damage there, a lot of rain. And then it really exploded as it got into the Gulf. The Gulf had not been worked over. When you see storms and they mix up the Gulf, it makes it, it cools off, it brings up welling and cools off the layer in the top, but there was none of that. So water temperatures were approaching 90 degrees. So it just had plenty of fuel to work with and the perfect shear. So it came in, when it came in the Florida, it came in as a cat four, almost a cat five. And uh, of course made history. And it was some issues with the, with the, with the cone to track of it. Miles were trying to take it West, ultimately turn East. I think what happened was it developed into a bigger and powerful hurricane. It produced a ridge in front of it that kind of forced it to turn more east. But again, it was it was a tough call. Uh, it spared Tampa a little bit, but of course it clobbered uh, Fort Myers and Naples. Uh, the storm surge, all about the storm surge, 15-foot so storm surge, was what, that's what does most of the damage in these hurricanes. The winds are bad enough, but you have the storm surge and then up to 20 inches of rain in spots. So all those three things led to devastation. So, yeah, it was a very, very expensive storm. In fact, the most expensive ever in history now, it looks like, uh, out, uh, beating out Irma from 2017, up to 60 to $70 million of damage to Florida alone and more to Cuba and the Carolinas. It made three landfalls, by the way. The strongest one was, of course, on the west coast of Florida, but it also hit um, – Georgetown in South Carolina, which is between Myrtle Beach and Charleston. I've been there and it hit there as a cat one. It did cause some damage, Hundred over 100 deaths in Florida, a few more wow. in the Carolinas. So very bad storm. Hugh, Blaze Bryant here with Hugh Johnson on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. How come, or I should ask it this way, how difficult is it, if you're looking at these models, to predict a storm like Ian, you said that the models were tracking it west and it went the other way. Yeah, not a lot. Again, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, the margin of error was not that great. But if 50 miles with a powerful hurricane can make a big difference, uh, it, you know, you get, we really focus on that eye wall. That's where you have your band of strongest winds and rain and certainly winds anyways. And, uh, that that's critical. So it was off by about 50, 75 miles. Uh, there was there's still they're beating themselves up about. There's a lot of things going to be done. Um, it's I think part of the reason when they when these things explode, they sometimes create their own little little uh, current, if you will, and they can change direction a little bit. That's my opinion on it. So 
you know, when they explode, that they was anticipated to get strong. So that wasn't too much of a surprise, but maybe a little stronger than expected. And that might turn a little bit, but it was disturbing that even the European and the other models were starting to trend it a little further West towards Tallahassee and they ended up going East. You know, again, the other thing is when you look at the cone, a lot of people think that if you're outside the cone in that projected forecast by the hurricane center, you're safe. You're not with a large hurricane. That does not mean you're out of the woods. So there were people yeah. that, you know, were saying, well, we're out of the cone and we're going to be fine. Well, especially on the East side, not so fine. Yeah. How much of a role, because climate change as both of us know, gets blamed for pretty much anything weather related. How much did climate Absolutely. change have a role in this storm specifically, specifically, or the inactivity, the general inactivity of the hurricane season? Well, I would say it has very little to do with the with the number of hurricanes because there's so many other variables involved. When I think the climate change, and again, you're right, everything's as tied to climate change, but because the waters are warming, the early atmosphere and waters are warming, that adds more fuel to the hurricane so they can be potentially more powerful. And we have seen a lot of powerful storms lately in the last you know, several years. We've seen a lot of Cat 4 and 5 in the, in, in the past few seasons. Uh, I, think, I, I think Fiona came, uh, briefly became a 5 or certainly was a 4. So you know, we're seeing more and more powerful storms. And that's definitely, in my humble opinion, a signal of climate change because you can add more fuel with the warm waters hit, uh, pushing near 90 degrees to the, to the actual storm and more rain too, which causes sure. more flooding. And keep in mind in Florida, the, it's the second lowest state in the uh, union, uh, country next to second to Delaware, but it has a lot more coastline. That's a problem right there because rising. Sea now you're, levels, you're talking elevation to, to sea level, right? When you say the second right. lowest, you're talking sea level. Okay. Yes. Yes. The average is on about 100 feet or less in Florida, and there's a lot of areas a lot lower than that. Uh, Santa Bell Island, for instance, the highest place on that island was only like five feet or something. So, I mean, that's why it got decimated because sure. the tidal surge came up to 15 feet. So you're seeing more and more of that, and that's going to be a real problem. Insurance is going to be harder and more expensive mm -hmm. to insure property in Florida. It's already like I think almost over 80% of insurance claims from Mother Nature uh, are in Florida. It's, it's a lot higher number than I thought it would be. I mean, California have the For wildfires sure. and other, but in Florida, you were up against it here. Give me your 45 right. second weather forecast for the week. Sorry to cut you off. Okay. No, no problem. I, I, I ramble a little too long. Showers tonight, and then it looks like a pretty dry week. It's going to be chilly beginning of the week, but it's going to warm up and, and we're going to have temperatures in the 60s. You might get frost by Thursday morning, Wednesday or Thursday morning, and then it warms up. We'll have to watch one kink in the forecast for the end of the week and early next week. It's stormed to our south. It looks like it's going to stay offshore, but we got to keep an eye on it. It might sneak up and give us some rain, but that wouldn't be until early next week. Temperatures trending above normal after starting chilly. Thank you very much, Hugh Johnson. We'll catch up with you next week. Be well. You got it. Uh, 